Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Bev Thorogood runs Floresco Training, a training and coaching company that specialises in menopause awareness. Bev has a book, The Business of Menopause, coming out very shortly. Thank you very much for being this week's guest on the podcast, Bev. Thanks for having me. Now, before we start talking about your current business, I'd love to know a bit about your background. Tell me what it is you've done in the past and how you got to where you are now. Okay, so um, I actually spent 32 years working for the Ministry of Defence as an employee, so never had aspirations to own my own business. That was never in the game plan. Uh, And I worked in lots of different roles, predominantly working for the Air Force. Um, And the last sort of 10 years or so was in learning and development. So as an educational advisor and uh, did uh, some training delivery, generally around things like psychometric testing and team building and um, human factors, which was really interesting, especially coming from an aviation uh, background, human factors is a big thing. And um, yeah, so about five years ago, my menopause kicked in (laughs) and uh, I I just struggled for a couple of years, really, really struggled with menopause symptoms, not really understanding what was going on. I didn't recognize it as menopause, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, not to begin with anyway. And, After a couple of years, I just really wasn't coping very well at work. And I ended up resigning from my job because I wasn't coping in 2018, March 2018. And there's a a real irony because um, I kind of left because I wasn't coping with menopause very well. And a few months after I'd left, an ex-colleague of mine asked if I would speak to the HR department at Air Command, which is the Royal Air Force's head office. Uh, because they were looking for somebody who would deliver some menopause awareness training and uh, would I be interested and uh, we had the conversation and in October 2018 interestingly on World Menopause Day which is the 18th of October I delivered my first menopause awareness training workshops and that's really how the the business uh, as it is in its its sort of form now uh, started so it was very odd so what, <laughs> there was no plan there <laughs> so what kind of reaction did you get to those first trainings that you that you did it was amazing actually so uh th- there's a bit of a backstory here around how I was asked to deliver about menopause obviously I'd done quite a bit of research and various bits and pieces as well but the first sessions I delivered I, I did two three-hour workshops one three-hour workshop for female colleagues and one for managers, Mm. uh, helping them to understand what menopause was. And it was so interesting. So the first uh, session with colleagues, I had, I think I had around about 30 women in the room and one man, Mm. brave man. (laughs) And um, we had this amazing conversation. I learned probably as much as I taught, if I'm honest, by listening to some of those stories of the women in the room and um, it really interestingly at the end of the session the the one man came up to me and he he said you know that was incredibly interesting he said I've learned more in three hours listening to you and the women in this room than I've learned in 28 years as a GP and he was I know he was the station doctor and of course GPs I've since found out 
don't get a lot of training mm. in menopause. They get about six hours. Um, and it's, I think, if I, if I understand this rightly, it's, it's optional. It's a, wow. it's a, you know, it's a, a module that they can opt in to study, despite the fact that 51% of the population are going to go through menopause. Yeah. GPs aren't trained. So that was a bit of an eye opener for me. And the manager session, it was equally interesting. Uh, we had a, a good mix of male and female managers. And I think I had the the bit of a preconception that men wouldn't be interested in menopause because I just that's the way I thought it would be. And actually the male managers were so interested and they really wanted to understand what was going on, how they could support their, you know, their, their staff who, who might be going through this. And it was just a real eye opener. And I traveled back from High Wycombe, which is where I delivered the training, back to my home in North, sorry, in South Lincolnshire. You're in North Lincolnshire, I I'm am. in South Lincolnshire. <laughs> and um, I, my head was just buzzing with lots of things going through it, sort of, you know, if the Air Force, such a male-dominated institution, is looking at menopause in the workplace as a, a business issue, is there a wider business opportunity here for me? Mm. But more importantly, is there a wider need for this kind of training? And having had my own experience of not getting the education or the support that would have helped, um, it, it just felt like this was... It's interesting, Liz. It felt like it was kind of coming to me as opposed to me yeah. looking for it which I know sounds a little bit woo woo but it, it, it does feel a little bit like the, the business has kind of fallen to me mm. um, rather than me going and looking for a business. Yeah it certainly yeah, sounds it like that. So the business you have now is Floresco training and menopause awareness training is, is what you do largely isn't yes. it? Yes it is. It's Floresco training and coaching actually so I mm. Uh, I'm also um, a, a qualified coach um, and a trained nutritionist and a trained um, personal trainer. So I do coach women, generally professional women who are struggling to hold down their career, perhaps losing confidence as they go through their menopause transition. But yes, the main thrust, I guess, of my business is menopause awareness training for businesses. So I work with businesses across all sectors uh, large corporates, big public sector organisations, right down to small, you know, s local dental practices, mm -hmm. helping to raise awareness and understanding of the impact of menopause on working women and how businesses can help and support their, their menopausal employees, basically to help retain and recruit, you know, experienced mm -hmm. women who unfortunately are leaving in their droves because of a lack of support and a lack of awareness around what they're going through as they go through menopause. Not all women, I have to say, not all women will be um, affected negatively by their menopause, but a, a great majority are. Um, and of course, we take, we take up quite a big sector of the, the workplace now, women mm. over 50, fastest growing sector of the workplace, fastest growing demographic, uh, in the labour market so we take up an awful lot of space but we are leaving you know pretty um high high powered jobs a lot of the time mm. because we're not coping so yes yeah, so the, the the main thrust of the business is to help businesses to retain valuable female talent 
Now, obviously, you you noticed a, a huge lack of help and support when you were you started to experience menopause symptoms yourself. Yeah. Have you noticed since then uh, that there is more interest in this? That there are other people doing similar things to you and and, and helping women with this? Yeah, it, uh, this is again where I get a little bit woo-woo because it feels like everything's sort of, all the stars have aligned. There's certainly more conversation around menopause. I think um, the last, probably in the last 18 months more than more than anything, you know, that Davina McCall's um, groundbreaking documentary on Channel 4 a few months ago has really started the conversation and taken it to another level. But in my own sort of experience, over the last three years, three and a half years since I've been doing this, definitely more organisations are sitting up and taking notice. More women, I think, are feeling confident to speak up about their problems. Mm -hmm. Um, There are definitely more businesses starting up to deliver training. I'm certainly not alone. There are some um, that were going before me, although I didn't probably know about them at the time. I think if I had have done, I'd have sought out their help. Um, But there are a few that are bigger than me. There are some that have been going longer than me. There are some that that are coming after me. Um, Personally, I think there are so many women in the workplace who need support and so many businesses that need support. The more people that go out there and raise awareness, it can't be a bad thing. Mm. So yes, there are others doing this. I think I'm a little bit, um, possibly a little bit different or a little bit unique in that I, I come at it from two angles. So you, my experience has been businesses or training businesses who go and talk about menopause, either come at it from a health and well-being angle or they come at it from a business angle, i.e. sort of the diversity and inclusion angle. Mm. And I tend to meld both of those together because I don't think they're you know I don't think they're exclusive to one another I think it does impact on both health and well-being and the business as well so my training does tend to cover both areas mm-hmm. and what, what kind of reaction are you getting to your work from the businesses that you've been working with I get you know great great responses and you know quite often have been asked to go back and deliver training sort of a year later because they want to revisit it Uh, it's always an interesting question because I don't cold call businesses I so I guess I'm working with businesses who have already recognized that they want to do something about menopause I don't go into um, I I don't feel I I want to be cold calling businesses Mm. who aren't ready um, so I, I maybe have a little bit of a skewed view of, of how businesses are sort of reacting to or embracing menopause because they've already shown an interest because they've contacted me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's definitely a bit of a sea change happening and I think businesses are starting to recognise that it's very short-sighted if they don't do something to support women in the workplace especially as they're going through menopause because we there's so many studies to show that having a diverse workforce you know it it impacts the bottom line you are more profitable and more productive as a business if you have a a more diverse workforce Mm. and part of that diversity is having that sort of um middle middle middle-aged women in the workplace yeah, and as you said, they they have a lot of experience. They've been through a lot of training. It it 
It's an, it's a shame to lose those women, isn't it? And and all that experience. It, it's a shame and it's really unnecessary. Yeah. You know, very small adjustments within the workplace and to working practices, <clears throat> excuse me, can really make a difference and, and can be the difference between whether a woman leaves her job or continues to be uh, productive and perform well. Mm. So what kind of changes uh, are you helping businesses to implement to, to keep these women? So often it, it, it really is awareness because I think when the biggest part of the problem is that we don't understand the impact of menopause. We tend to think it's just hot flushes and women getting a bit snappy. We tend to think it's all about women in their 50s wafting themselves with bits of cardboard. But in reality, we now know that perimenopause, which is the time leading up to menopause, happens or it can start much much younger Mm -hmm. than we possibly realized so it's really it's about helping to get the conversation started with an organization so that everybody understands that um, menopause can can have implications for women even as young as they're sort of the mid 30s i also help businesses to kind of look at how they can communicate on an ongoing basis through sort of um, internal communications and marketing campaigns, helping to put menopause champions in place, uh, helping them to think about where their policies may um, inadvertently or or advertently discriminate against Mm -hmm. uh, menopausal women. So really, I kind of work in in a training capacity primarily but to an extent in a bit of a consulting uh, role as well. Yeah. Now, I know that you're making use of of networking in in your business because you and I have met at networking events. How are you using it to spread the word about what you do? It's a really interesting one, Liz. So I didn't network at all to begin with. I I didn't see the need for it because I saw uh, networking rather as being... Um, something you did to meet local businesses and Mm. I don't really work that much with local businesses Mm. I tend to work nationally with much bigger organizations and I didn't think they networked Mm. Uh, what I kind of missed in that whole piece was the fact that people know people who know people yeah and um, so I, I would say I was probably I was probably seven or eight months into my business before I actually started networking um, what I've found now is that LinkedIn as a network is probably my most uh, useful network mm. in terms of developing business um, but but face-to-face networking whether that's sort of virtual face-to-face as it has been for the last 18 months or in person has enabled me to build my LinkedIn network as well so the two have really kind of worked together um, the last 18 months or so of, you know, through COVID and going to online networking has been brilliant for me because it's meant that I can network with people in much greater, um, you know, geographically much mm-hmm. greater distances than I, than I was when I was doing sort of all face-to-face networking. Um, and also, interestingly, I'm, I'm deaf in one ear or near, pretty much deaf in one ear. And I find face-to-face networking in a room quite difficult Mm. to hear everybody so online networking has been a godsend in many ways so it's it's increased my reach and also helped me to actually hear what people are saying. (laughs) 
Yeah, I never thought about that as being a, an advantage of uh, <laughs> Zoom networking. It makes sense, though. Yeah. So is, is this something that you, you plan to continue with? Yeah, I, I think I've changed the networks that I've attended over the, the years. I think you've got to kind of try lots of different networks mm. and see which ones work best for you. And certainly I've tended to find that the networks where you see people on a regular basis work better for me and yeah. I think it's because sort of one-off networking events you go you pitch you say what you do you listen to everybody else you forget half of the people you've heard um, if you don't do any follow-ups you, you know that relationship never builds yeah. whereas I think you know you and I attend um, an online event weekly and I feel like I've really got to know people yes. well yeah. and it takes quite a lot it, I think it takes quite a lot of times of meeting people to really understand what it is they yeah. do but more than that really understand how you can help them because you pick up on little things they say that that click and you go oh actually I know somebody either who needs that who, or who could help you and I don't think you get that in a one-off network yeah. where you're kind of just hearing somebody pitch their 60 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. You're quite right. It, it does take a number of weeks before you start to get to know people and properly understand what it is they do. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing that you're working on, I understand, is a book. So tell me about, about the book and how it came about. Yes, thank you. So I've been working on this for about two years, really, um, and finally got round to, uh, to doing something about it. So the book is called The Business of Menopause, uh, A Guide for Working Women. And it's, it is a guide, you know, it's, it's a very, it's quite a small book, it's only 24,000 words. Um, the idea being is that it's, it's something that women can pick up and flick through to find out what they need as they need it. The, mm. the thing with menopause and the menopause transition is our symptoms come and go and they change over time. And that transitional period can be anywhere from sort of three or four years up to 12, 14 years. Mm. And you don't always know what you need, Yeah, at, you know, at that time. So the idea is it's, it's kind of the book that I, I wish I'd been able to get my hands on when I was really struggling five years ago. And the reason I say that is because when I was trying to find out about menopause um, and, and sort of facts about menopause, I felt like there was lots of information available People often say there's not a lot of information about menopause. I, I fundamentally disagree. There is loads of information about menopause and it's contradictory and it's confusing mm. and a lot of it is inaccurate and it, it, you've kind of got to pull all the pieces together. So the book really is all of the pieces that I've pulled together over the last sort of four or five years that I feel are are relevant without being overly clinical or overly medical because uh, a lot of the information that I was trying to find just seemed to be very um, very clinical and, and quite difficult to read so mm -hmm. it's a very easy read it looks at lots of aspects of menopause so it looks at what it is when it happens why it happens what's going on with the hormones in fairly simple easy to read terms but it also then looks at what you can do about it. So I do talk about medical treatments and hormone replacement and break down some of the misconceptions and the myths around mm. HRT. But as well as that, 
I also look at alternatives to hormone replacement therapy and bringing in my nutrition and sort of fitness background. I also talk quite a bit about lifestyle habits. So I use a model uh, when I'm coaching called NEST, which um, stands for nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress, and then thoughts and feelings, which is mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, but NEST was a good acronym and, and NESM doesn't really work. <laughs> so we've got thoughts and feelings instead of mindset. Because I think in order to manage menopause, you have to take a holistic view. You know, it can't just be pop a pill and it all yeah. goes away. That yeah. you know, we've got to think about, are we getting enough sleep? Are we managing stress? Um, what are we doing in terms of, you know, moving enough? There, there are long-term issues related to low estrogen. So the book, in, in quite a compact form, um, is, is a bit of a no-nonsense guide to menopause. Um, it's based on current evidence as we know it. So I take most of what I uh, talk about in the book is evidence-based and it's in line with the, the British Menopause Association's guidelines, the NICE guidelines for menopause, which is the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence. So it, it's evidence-based and it's as accurate as it can possibly be at, at, what, at this time, because obviously, you know, science is always um, changing. Yeah. So we're always learning new things, but it's as up to date as I can possibly make it. Now, you, you've aimed it obviously at, at women, but is it the kind of book that would be useful for men to read as well? Yeah, absolutely. Although it is the first in a series of three. So um, the, the next one will be the Business of Menopause, a guide for managers and team leaders. Uh -huh. So they are work based play. Uh, workplace-based books um, and then the third in the series although it's a working title at the minute is the business of menopause a guide for men um, and male colleagues whether it stays with that clunky title I don't <laughs> think it will um, but basically that will be almost a sort of an abridged version because um, they, they don't need to know all of the ins and outs yeah, that we yeah. do go into in the first book uh, so it will be a, a bit of a shorter book and, and more punchy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but certainly uh, the information within that first book will be helpful for anybody. And when will the book be launched and how can people get hold of it? OK, so coincidentally, Liz, it comes out on World Menopause Day, <laughs> which, uh, which is the 18th of October this year. Um, it will be available on Amazon. And um, I will also hopefully be taking pre-orders. Um, you can be able to pre-order on my website. And for any pre-orders, there will be a couple of little bonuses to go with it. Um, so, yes, 18th of October is the day. OK. And what's your website, Bev? The website is florescotraining.co.uk. And is that also the best place for people to contact you if they're interested in finding out more about the training and so on? Yeah, absolutely. Everything's on there and there's links to blogs and my podcast and all sorts of bits and pieces on there. I've also got some uh, e-learning coming out in November, which uh, at the moment, all of the training that I do is live. Um, but I'm, I'm just developing uh, a few e-learning modules, which will be live in November, which I'm excited about as well. Brilliant. Well, good luck with everything, Bev. And thank you for being my, my guest. And uh, I hope the launch goes really well for you. Liz, thank you so much for inviting me. It's been an absolute pleasure. 
Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.